Let's go. Welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. It's your host, Devin Robinson at Yesman Outfitter, coming straight off the island that Emo built, straight from Yesman Headquarters International. I got your boy, Mikey CLT, live from the hive. Michael, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, brother. I, uh, you know, it's rained all week, but I'm still uh, keeping my spirits high. Hopefully, we can get this W in Edmonton, and you know, I've yeah. been yeah. having a lot of uh, good things happen in my life recently. Other than my dog, like shitting all over, he got like <laughs> sick today and shit everywhere. It's like terrible problem, terrible, terrible problem. But terrible I'm problem, still man. staying positive, man. Please do. I mean, I'm with you. I can't stay mad at him, though. I love Rufio, my little 10-pound guy. So was, I love dogs. I've never had a dog. Wow. I, I don't know why. My parents never wanted one, so I hope people aren't judging me, but I'm sure they are, and I'll take some heat for that. Huge bulldog enthusiast, if you could guess. My favorite yeah. dog. That's your spirit animal. It is. But uh, handling poop is not really – like, I barely handle my own. But... <laughs> So to have to handle another creature's poop is just All not... right, let's change this up. I don't even know how we got on this conversation. <laughs> you brought it up. You said your dog's shitting all over the house. What do you want? I, all I right. just thought of that, like, Dumb and Dumber scene, like, or Dumb and Dumber-er, the only funny scene in that movie when, like, uh, Bob Saget's just like, there's shit everywhere. everywhere. Like, yeah. that's literally what I came home to from work. I was just like, oh, my God, there's shit everywhere. <laughs> well, while you were cleaning up that shit, I'm sure you were bumping the new bar down playlist. Am I right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was cleaning shit at the fastest you've ever seen it cleaned. Just so amped up. By All right, we were supposed to get away from swing. it. Remember when we talked about the good transition on the last episode? My bad. I, <laughs> I, I had a really good one, and you just decided to go back to the shit. We got so much to work on, pal. All right, let's go. So, All right, so you're cleaning up shit. You're listening to Bar Down Breakdown, Western Swing. I think it's a pretty well-crafted playlist my man yeah i kind of want to do it now for like their you know when they do like their florida trip because there's a ton of bands from florida oh yeah uh, every time i brought up a like a westerny sounding band in my head real quick you're like they're from florida i was like same difference yeah you don't really realize how many fantastic bands are from florida until you really think about it and like you would think yellow card would be from California. No. Ocean Avenue is what threw me off. Yeah, there there's tons and tons of sweet Florida bands. So, I want to do that when we have the Florida swing. Um there's also a ton of great Midwestern bands, you know, oh, especially oh, yeah. like Chicago music scene. Yeah. Um I kind of would like to do like a Canada one too. You know, I know that uh, technically, the Islanders are playing in Canada. They, right they don't now. play a single game in in in, in California. <laughs> yeah, so we made a, a west a West Coast playlist with only bands from like California and like <laughs> Arizona. And it's so funny, I was thinking that the other day. I'm like Western Swing. They don't play a single game in Canada, but that's what you're getting, people. That's, <laughs> I'm not really I'm not really too sure how much heat's coming out of Edmonton, but you know who knows. I mean, I'm sure someone will point out like. A huge band, and I'll look like a jackass. But another uh, another playlist that we need to start collaborating, and that'll just be 
for all of eternity is a, is a good Long Island playlist. Dude, and I think that needs to be 228. Let me do that playlist for your tailgate. I've uh, already mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, I think Mikey you, Carver has approved. Your so. head, your head swelled to such sizes when that when they when you're like, yo, let me run the playlist, and that kid's like, you could do that. You're like, hell yeah, and I'm doing it. Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Listen, I'm doing it. Listen, stop being cheap. Buy Spotify. Fleece the system like I taught you. Well, you I just collaborate. Say, my like, wife has already can... told me. That if I split with one of my friends and not her, she's going to divorce me. <laughs> That's tough. I mean, but she better be. Shelling out the 450. The... Absolutely. She better be doing her part on the collaborative playlist. If not, I mean, th- these are coveted spots, people. You, you don't just get in on a bar down breakdown playlist collab and not bring the heat. I mean, we're talking divorce over here. He'll risk it if he needs to. But uh, so talking Long Island, uh, you know, that's our hometown heroes. And, and we have our Taking Back Sundays. We have our brand news, our straight light runs, all that good stuff. And then our, we our Envy on the Coast. Envy on the Coast. We have all those good ones, all those big ones. Give me some more. Give me some more. Uh, the Sleeping. Oh. Uh, as Tall as Lions. Uh, I Am the Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Movie life. Movie life and absolutely Bayside. Oh, yeah. Bayside's got to be top five Long Island bands, New York bands. They were on my heavy rotation while I was in college. Heavy. Their self-titled album was, you know, my freshman year and sophomore year of college, like, playlist. Yeah, talk about top three because you're never going to get anybody to give you a straight answer. So one, two, and three in no order ever will always be um, brand new Taking Back Sunday Bayside from a Long Island emo kid's perspective. So, Do you want to hear mine? Go for it. So I think number one is As Tall as Lions. Okay. And it's weird because I'm not like into indie music anymore. But they were my, my my shit when I was in high school and all through college. Um, number two would have to be Envy on the Coast. They're my homies. Like absolutely, they they just they they haven't ever put out anything that I just wasn't a huge fan of. And then I think number three, Bayside. Absolutely, gotta be in there. Um, I always have patent pending. I always had them bumping. I don't know if you're a big patent pending guy. Yeah, and yeah. actually, some of uh, some of our Twitter followers have mentioned how we should get some of those guys on because they're actually hockey fans. I think it's Joe. Yeah, Pat Pending, that's a big hockey fan. So yeah, if, so Joe, if you're listening, I I'll reach out to him. I'm very very close with him. Oh, there you go. The clo- <laughs> the closest you can get. I'll tell you how and why. Uh, so before the first game back at the Coliseum this year, I was, you know, ran our first tailgate, um, wanted to get my pump in, went to the uh, L.A. Fitness. That's a gym. Uh, doesn't look like I go to the gym, but I go to the gym. Um, that's right around the corner from the Coliseum and uh, got on the Stairmaster. And the guy next to me was just absolutely kicking ass. I mean, just running upstairs. I look over and I'm like, who is this guy kicking my ass right now? And it's Joe from Patent Pending, the lead singer. And there you go. So we're super duper close. Uh, 
just from working out that one time together. <laughs> I mean, that's about as close as you can get to somebody. I was literally three feet from him. I didn't say anything to him. Oh, but, all right. uh, Dude, speaking of like band people who are like totally ripped now, a few months back I saw that band hit the lights. Like, haven't really listened to them in a long time. Yeah. And their lead singer was like ripped out of his mind. And it was so weird to hear him like singing like emo music, like poppy punk emo music, but totally just ripped out of his face. I was like, Absolutely. holy shit, man. Even the, uh, I'll hit you with some knowledge on some ripped ass uh, band members. The Indian guy from Sum 41, I forgot his name. I saw them over the summer. That that skinny guy from In Too Deep on the that comes out of the water on the platform. Dude is on some sort of steroids. That guy was huge, unnecessarily huge out of nowhere. Good for him. Hey, not me. I haven't been to the gym since freshman year of college, and you guys know how old I am, so that's how long it's been. <laughs> All right, so absolutely. So back to Bayside. Uh, tell them who we got, Mikey. Tell them who we got lined up. We got Nikki Bayside. We got Nikki Ganbarian. So... You know, a nice Long Island band, Long Island boy. And it so happens to be that he roots for the rivals of us. But, you know, we just had a really good hockey conversation because I like to say this when people ask me who I'm a fan of. I, I say, number one, I'm a fan of hockey. Number two, I'm a fan of New York Islanders. So if you're a hockey fan, you're cool in my book. Yeah, Uh I thought you were going to say number one team in New York, but <laughs> that one was for you, Nikki. So, uh, yeah, so we got Nick Gambarian from Bayside. You may be asking how they pull this one off. The answer is we have no idea. Uh, and we just rolled with Amen. it. I mean, and it was an awesome interview. Dude's amazing. Uh, so much to talk about. He knows his stuff, and uh, it was great. So without further ado, Michael, let's lead him in. All right, here it is. Here's our interview with Nick Gambarian from Bayside. Trying to create something that's not there. Spark a saw as a bomb is just a being serious. And I was just so happy to be out on my shell again. Alright boys, we're back in the box. We got a big, big guest for the for the people today. The hometown hero, Bayside's very own Nick Gambarian. Nick, how are you, bud? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm trying to stay warm here in fifty degree uh Southern California. I have the the uh Rangers and Wild game on right now. It's one of the benefits of living in California's games start a little earlier. So got that on the third period, uh, just started a couple of minutes ago. Right, right, right. So back to back guests we have on the West Coast. Yeah. And uh, the time difference is definitely difficult. So what uh, what do you have for the time over there? Uh, right now it is uh, 612. 
Okay, I don't know what that is, Carolina time, Mikey, but that's it's about... It's the same uh, as yours, bro. <laughs> right, so that means it's uh, five past Lundquist. <laughs> wow, starting early. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be a nice little... Come on, you know it's not true. Yeah, yeah, not as a late, pal. Yeah. Not as uh, a late, you've owned it. Yeah, there's the, he's getting old, you know? He's... Yeah. he's uh. I'll I'll never he he'll go down for sure tied uh, for my favorite ranger my favorite ranger is Brian Leach, uh, you know I, I feel bad for for Henrik because I mean it's not very often that you get to see a, a, any player of that caliber I mean especially uh, like a homegrown dude for the Rangers to be that good so I feel bad he never got his cup but he tried that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he definitely had a stellar career. And if Rick Nash could have scored one or two more goals in that that uh, King series, might have won a cup. Who knows? Oh my God, <laughs> bring it up! Just, just rip open those scars, pal. We're here for it. So yeah, so bringing up Lundqvist, and we'll go right to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I have um, I have a lot of Ranger friends, and and for years, uh, and like, it's such a patented response or like mm-hmm. saying that I hear from Ranger fans especially when we're talking about roster moves and stuff like that is this guy says he wants to be a ranger. This guy, he'll, he'll do anything he wants. Everybody in the goddamn NHL wants to be a ranger, according to everybody, (laughs) which I get it. You get it. The, the history, the legacy and the the somewhat of the, of the recent success and, and, and the things that they're building over there. But what I've been hearing a lot is what they're going to do with Hank at the, at the deadline. And you guys, Obviously, put out that famous um, message to the fans last year, which is super progressive in my eyes. And and yeah, yeah, for sure. I've always super wondered um, because Hank has been pretty vocal about him wanting to be a part of it, wanting to be a Ranger and solidify his um, his star on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe now that you're looking at more wholesale changes this year, do you think he he? Maybe he opts to go to another team. I mean, is it a different feel? What's your feelings on that? Maybe seeing yeah. if Hank would, would move to get some some pieces. Yeah, I mean, I would never say never. I, I think, you know, just being a hockey player, the, being the hockey player that he is, but then also he's a human being too. You never know. Things could change year by year. I mean, I fully believe that he, he wants to be a Ranger and win in New York, and I – I think that that decision that he made last year was, was, I mean, I, I respect it for sure. Um, I think the thing that's tough about moving him is I, I kind of think that the list of teams that are, he's going to want to go to a absolute contender, you know, like he's not just going to move to be on a team that's not rebuilding like the Rangers. He's going to need to go to a contender, but I also feel like if you're a contender already, you probably have a pretty damn good goalie. And you don't want like a 36, maybe going on 37 year old dude who has years left on his expensive contract. So I would never say never. You never know. But I don't know where he would be a fit necessarily. Like it it seems like some of these teams that would have needed him, like say, like I could never see him being a flyer. I could see St. Louis, but they might have figured it out in the short term with the Spinnington dude. Uh I don't know who's like a contender that they're missing teeth as a goalie right now. So like the Carolina hurricanes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, I, I just can't see that, you know, like he is, 
as much as I love him, you know, he's a diva and, you know, he likes the spotlight. Like he's going to want to be on a big time team. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't see it kind of happen. Sure. But I, I just think there's kind of more factors than him just saying like, yes, I'll, I'll go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually spoke about it on the last podcast and like looking past Hank, um, I mean, this is going to be, I guess, a pretty awkward conversation to have with you, but mm-hmm. um, with all those years that the Rangers were gunning for it um, and the Islanders were, were kind of on the back burner, they were the only team you guys couldn't beat. But yeah. We never really had um, pieces maybe that you guys were looking for. So I guess the conversation never really came up. But now that we're kind of looking for um, our top six forward, mm-hmm. um, and there are pieces on Broadway that, you know, maybe, you know, could fit. We, we talked about Zuccarello on the mm-hmm. last episode and stuff like that. I mean, I know it hurts to talk about, and it's, it's maybe the biggest long shot in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. put your money in and cash that ticket in because I can't see it yeah. happening. But what, what, what would be your thoughts on that? I mean, what, what, was your, what would be your feeling if somebody were to move to, to you know, the other, the other team in New York? Yeah, I mean, it's it's for sure case-by-case case basis, like Zuccarello, which, you know, I think Ranger fans would light the garden on fire if it was someone like that. But I could see someone like, you know, uh, if you're talking specifically top six, I, I mean, I don't even know that the Rangers have very many top six forwards to spare, but I could count three if you asked me, including Zuccarello. But, like, I could see someone like Jesper Fast, like being a super, like a guy who could, you could slot anywhere in the lineup and he's going to be defensively responsible, keep the play moving. You know, he'll pot 10 to 15 goals if he played 82 games. I mean, that's someone I could see the fans not burning down the garden if uh, they went across town to, to the Islanders. Uh, I'm not sure what, what exactly. Do you need a winger or a center? We just need know. somebody that can score goddamn goals. I mean, yeah, we got yeah. the defense Our on lock. It's terrible. Oh my yeah. god, it's abysmal. I mean, we just gave up a uh, a goal to Drysaddle a second ago. We're in the first against Edmonton. Yeah. Connor McDavid's the only yeah. about the only thing worth it on that team. But you know, there's some revenge going on for Edmonton. But uh, yeah, I mean, we are our our uh, our uh, special teams is definitely been the Achilles heel. Um, yeah. You know, our MO is is basically just to play insane clamp defense and mm-hmm. and keep keep in the game and just kind of rely from a goal on from anyone really. You can't even yeah. say Barzal. So somebody yeah. that you know pucks on a stick, it, it's hitting twine at the end of the shot. Yeah, and that's just yeah. It. I mean, that's that's kind of Barry Trotz style, which I mean, defense. Look at what it's doing because you guys could score tons of goals last year, you know, and you'd kind of flipped the script, got some good goaltending this year, and now you're defensively responsible, and, and now you're in first place. So it's not the most fun hockey to be, you know, that kind of like defense forward type of thing. But, I mean, uh, not to, like, look for a parallel between the Rangers and the Islanders, but all those years the Rangers were sort of contenders. They were, you know, obviously had a good goalie, and they were defensively sound. So it's kind of weird how that happens you know like you might be able to score six or seven goals you know it's seemingly at will like some some teams but it won't win you a cup it won't get you far in the playoffs so um yeah you know who i would think would be a good fit there uh i don't think he's the biggest goal scorer but he's not gonna miss on opportunities would be matt duchene and i know he's gonna be 
he's gonna be oh, available. Salad oh, like that. Somebody's yeah. been on Islanders Twitter. Oh really? Uh, <laughs> oh my god, another I'm sorry. Well I promise you I have not been on Islanders Twitter, but I can yeah. see that one. <laughs> Stay off of it and I'm about to turn this game I can't, dude. We can't watch games while we while we record anymore because I can't <laughs> shit. Barry's pissed. Sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> can't lose to the Oilers. I don't know what the score is in that game, but you can't lose oh, to the it's, Oilers. Uh, oh, it's two nothing, trust me, pal. It's not oh, great. Boy. Uh okay. but yeah. Anyways, back to the back to the business. So <laughs> so we're here. Uh the MO is that we are not a hockey podcast, not a music podcast. We're a hockey music podcast. Obviously, yes. you're a member of one of the hometown heroes, uh, Bayside. Um, just, I mean, you, you can't you can't talk to anybody from Long Island and, and not have Bayside at least their top five bands. I yeah. mean, I know people that don't even listen to our style of music that know and love just about your entire discography yeah. <laughs> so yeah so um talk uh just talk a little bit about um you know how you got started and 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 you know what got you into music and 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 how you ended up with uh with the boys yeah well i've uh it seems like as my like teenage years went on i think i started to play street hockey and uh get into the nhl in like 1992 when i was 12 years old or so so hockey was my first love but quickly after that i picked up a bass around i think i think i was almost 14 when i started to play bass uh and just you know kicked around my house watched uh sorry played you know like green day songs rancid songs i was just into kind of that whole scene that was happening back then that was all over the radio and mtv but it just always seemed more of a like a real thing to me. So uh, all those bands were the first big bands that I listened to, but kind of found my own local scene on Long Island and uh, started to just meet people when I was 15, 16, 17, uh, and would go to shows out in Lindenhurst and wherever they were uh, out on Long Island, some, some gigs in the city and stuff like that. Uh, and then I was actually in two bands before uh, Bayside. I, me and Eddie, who used to be in Taking Back Sunday, um, teamed up with these two other dudes named Alex and Evan, and we actually started the movie life. We we um, tried out Vinny, who got the gig, and I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school. Movie Life was the first band I was ever in, and uh, we put out two demo cassette tapes. That's all that I ever did with them. So I wasn't on any of the like, bigger movie life releases or anything like that. But I had left movie life to be in Silent Majority, which at, at that point in my life was like my favorite band. And I was so excited for the opportunity as like a 17-year-old dude to... I graduated high school and went on tour with people who were like six years older than me. So I'm forever grateful that they like gave me that opportunity as like a younger person, um, which was rad. So... I, I did my first like full cross country tour with Silent Majority in the summer of '98, uh, and we wound up breaking up. I think in 2000, I want to say, um, and I didn't really do much music wise for a little bit. Kind of jammed around with some people, um, and in 2004, I'd met uh, our singer Anthony, um, and yeah, we were just talking about music. He was about to. Uh, go on tour with fallout boy back then Bayside had booked like an opening slot on a fallout boy tour. Um, 
And he's like, I kind of think my bass player is going to quit at some point on this tour. So if you're interested in playing and touring again, maybe we'll have a conversation when I get back. So two months later, he comes home. He's like, yeah, my bass player quit and my drummer quit. Uh, so if you know any drummers, let me know. And if you're thinking about touring again or playing music, think about being in a band. So I kind of looked at it. I was 24 at the time and kind of just looked at it as my last chance to kind of be in a band that was was doing anything that I ever wanted to do. So, uh, so that was it. That was that was history. You know, we recorded our self-titled record probably within a year, and uh, that's it. We just slept on floors, traveled in a van for for a while until until uh, it started to pay off a little bit. All right, I want to go back to this. So, your <laughs> first band is the movie Life. Like, it's crazy to think like everyone usually has like a shitty high school band to start yeah. and yours is freaking the movie life which is also yeah. a iconic long island band like yeah oh my god it's it's, it's so funny awesome. and i never want to take credit because i wasn't necessarily like in the band when like the songs that everybody knows i never i wasn't even near a room that they were in you know we we were I, I recorded two demos that literally were only on cassette so i mean i had a part in it sure like we it was four of us and we tried out vinnie like i said and we got vinnie to sing so i had a part in starting it for sure um which is rad i i it's really funny because it's completely come full circle in a way because Bayside just went on tour with Newfound Glory and The Movie Life this last <laughs> summer. So it was rad. I mean, The Movie Life was, you know, basically at that point, the the lineup they had this past summer was the only person that was in the band then that when I was in the band was Vinny. So I'm friends with all the other guys in the band. You know, there's Matt Fozzie, who you should totally have on the, on the podcast. And uh, oh, working Chris on Regan. It. And We're working on it. We're working yeah, on it. Exactly. He'll do it. Put it on a good word. Come on, man. Oh, you got it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was one of those awesome full circle things that, uh, that happened recently for me. Yeah. So just to put a stamp on movie life, they, uh, that, that was one of those bands, like when we were tailgating, um, at the Coliseum for, uh, for Warp Tour where everyone was like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, and it was all main stage bands. I'm like, oh dude, I'm going to see the movie. Like people are like, Oh, who's the movie life? Whatever. And then I brought like a group of people, you know, to to see them play, and everyone was like, "Oh, you know music," and I was like, "Yeah, that's what's up." <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, those... this is Devin exposing how young he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're yeah, at you're a like, store, yeah, no one knows who the movie too. life is. Like, you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was awesome. I felt like super gratified that scene kid moment where you expose a shit ton of people to a band that like they've never heard of and they like yeah. Bump uh, yeah, it's like the most gratifying <laughs> moment. It's why we do it. It's why we listen to the music. Yeah. So to um so just we'll we'll go a little bit more on music and then we'll we'll intertwine the two. Um cool. so I was actually at um the last Bayside show I was at was at the PlayStation Theater when you guys toured with Say Anything. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah, and I believe at the end of the set you guys played um your cover of Moving Out. Yeah. Um, so I guess two part question here. Mm -hmm. One, um, obviously, Bayside being a, a you know, a, like I said, a, a cornerstone of, of Long Island music. Um, you guys have a lot of songs um, with a lot of Long Island references. Um, and now I'm just going to, it's going to escape. I had every single one of them in my head and now I'm <laughs> 
uh, mock talk. You had uh, sinking yeah. swimming. Um, just littered with with a bunch of Long Island references. Do you guys yeah. consciously work that in? Um, just to like, how does that? How when 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 you're writing and and stuff like that and coming up with the lyrics and the, and 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 the theme of of everything? Of, do you guys consciously try to work Long Island stuff in, or you? Is it just come naturally when you guys are writing where it's just this is what I know and this is what this is, you know, what I want to talk about? Or um, is it, you know, more for fun when you guys have a, have a big Long Island crowd where they can kind of connect a little bit more? It's I mean, it's definitely both. If I could take the easy way out. I mean, it, yeah, I, know, our, I think lyrically, question. lyrically, uh, we're just four normal dudes and we go through life just like anyone else you know like our band is is lucky to uh to tour the way we do i mean we work our asses off but at the same time a lot of bands work their asses off and might not get half half as far as we ever did so i'm certainly appreciative of our fans and 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 all that but we have a certain little bit of luck when it comes to to our band at the same time but i i think that i would say because we're just like four normal dudes from from the area our lyrics are super relatable and i think that that's what turns some people on to us so you can't help but write about uh you know union square or write a song referencing uh jones beach or something like that you know it's like it is yeah. a part of the daily routine so do we know what we're doing when we do that yeah for sure it's it's great at a hometown show to to play those songs and have those references it's it's kind of like it, it's such a stamp of like bands from our scene to be able to do that whether you're from philly or chicago california or whatever it's kind of a thing that you would do and mention the place where you're from because um, it is kind of, a, to me, you know, it's a big deal to get to leave your town because of music, you know, and, and uh, on any level, whether you're just, you know, touring in a minivan, touring in a 15 passenger van, flying somewhere, touring on a bus, any of that stuff. It's it doesn't matter what level. I think it's just a very cool thing and like kind of the first sign that you're you're moving along with your music career is being able to go play a show somewhere else. I mean, I remember to talk about the movie life again, I remember going and playing Vermont for the first time as a 17 year old. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And that was just a weekend <laughs> show, you know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. It is, it is a cool thing for, you know, it's almost something that every band from our scene would, would do is to just, you know, reference where you're from. It just seems like such a, a staple amongst like lyrics from from uh bands in our scene absolutely and being three long island kids like it's so it's it's so gratifying you know and i even you know i went to school in jersey and and there's such a i i don't want to sound more dramatic than it really needs to be but such a lack of understanding of the difference between being from new york and being from long island you yeah. know and you have these lyrics and um you know, all's fine along the Long Island Sound. I mean, it just whenever I'm driving to work in the summer or 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 just vibing or fishing out in Jones Beach, I always throw that on because it's just such a um, it's just a feel, you know, it's just a little bit of home, you know, I love, yeah, love when bands do that. I mean, even growing up listening to Stray Light Run, I remember my friends and I just being bored and and and, um, you know, go east on Sunrise Highway, turn yeah. left on Carmen's Avenue and just. 
listening to the you know the directions and following them yeah. like where is this song bringing us you know what i mean or yeah like driving driving to work and yeah it, it's definitely i i felt this in, in some weird way like my favorite band ever is bad religion and they're from here in california and i remember even before i lived here i remember just being here kind of on vacation re- having a rental car and putting bad religion on and like rolling down the window, which by the way is something Californians don't do. I found that out. <laughs> People think it's weird that I roll my windows down ever. Um, but there's something about listening to music in the place that it was written. It just somehow makes more sense, like universally almost, you know, oh like God, not even absolutely. referencing it lyrically. It somehow just makes more sense and sounds better and feels better when you're listening to that band. Whether like you throw on the Menzingers in Philly, you're like, all yeah. right, this sounds like 10% better for some reason. I don't know yeah. why, but yeah. just because you're there. Yeah, hit the nail on the head, man. I, <laughs> even even like I did a I did a semester in in England, and like just going through like um, Coldplay, like all of a yeah. sudden became like big to me. I mean, it was just it was just a weird feeling. So, yeah. and I I started this two part question with the with the Billy Joel cover. So. Uh-huh. It's more of a, uh, I guess it's a suggestion and less of a, a question, but mm-hmm. I, <laughs> every, and now every out of state show that I've ever played, if they do do a Billy Joel cover to get the Long Island crowd amped up, it's always moving out. Yeah. So I was excited for the Billy Joel cover, mm-hmm. but then it was, move- and I knew what it was, but I always thought like, what if somebody did something other than moving out yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's such yeah. a good song to cover especially for you know the scene and the style mm-hmm. of music you guys play like would you ever got would you ever consider doing another billy joel song what what would it be if you did like yeah it's, it's a tough one because you'd have to he has so he has a couple of different like kinds of songs so like right piano man wouldn't work you know like no. <laughs> we, we need something a little bit more guitar based but yeah absolutely i think I think he's got plenty of songs that would work. Um, what is that one song? I used to sing it all the time as a kid. Oh. He starts it off by counting it off. Like, one, two, one, two, oh, three, yeah. four. What the fuck song is that? I can't remember. <laughs> we're going to get we're gonna get yeah. slaughtered right now because it lost, yeah, right? lost my mind. Because yeah. I was going to tell you, if I could listen to Anthony just belt out, we didn't yeah, start right. the fire. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> Harry great. Truman Doris Day. Everyone's sitting there like, what the <laughs> fuck is this guy talking yeah, yeah. about? That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, that would, that would definitely be. Uh, not to mention the Menzingers within twice within a minute, but they do actually cover that song. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. It, it, it exists out there recorded somewhere. <laughs> it's it on like awesome. the top 20 like worst Billboard songs ever written. And I've never, I, like, I remember seeing that on the news and like turning the TV off. Like, get this off my, get out of yeah, here. Yeah, get out of here. That's probably, get out of here. they're trying it's, it's to an keep it amazing down. song yeah yeah they're trying to keep it down by saying that <laughs> yeah absolutely can't keep a good man down so um so yeah so to bring it to bring it together now um huge ranger fan you know your stuff you're into it with the season we spoke about what's going on um obviously accomplished musician i've been to the shows um like mikey said i'm in the merch game myself that's you know a lot of big reason as to you know why i fell in love with the music was the merch tents and 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 i always went and checked out um you know i'll just spend hours just looking at the artwork on t-shirts and merchandise Mm -hmm. and whatnot and always the bayside tent was a must hit always (laughs) um i my best friend is actually you know uh probably one of the biggest bayside fans i know 
Um, and when I first started going to shows, the one of the first shirts I ever bought was for him was the the Ranger Bayside shirt. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So now you being the the Ranger fan in the band is, is what is the is the is Bayside a big hockey band? I guess would be my first question. Uh, you guys, all into it because of because of me. No, definitely not at all. But because I always have the NHL Network on, I have all the Ranger games on when we're on tour. It kind of just became like, all right, wherever we are, as long as we're not on stage, if the Rangers are playing, it'll be on. So it'll be on like the TV on the bus and. Just out of pure repetition and me, I mean, when I'm a fan of something, I don't shut up about it. So uh, I'll squeeze music or hockey or Star Wars into every conversation. So it just becomes like common knowledge on the bus. If that, you know, here's what's going on with the Rangers, blah, blah, blah. They got to win this game, you know, like whatever it is. So I wouldn't say that they're big hockey fans, but they certainly just from being around me are a little bit more knowledgeable. Um, the Anthony and Jack live in Nashville now, and and the Predators are certainly a big part of the culture there. So they I think are that, everywhere. The Preds, man. Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. We spoke with uh, Brian from Envy on the Coast, and yeah. uh, you know, we had said like, you know, what what's some of the hockey culture around touring, and he said so many of the the people that work for you know behind the scenes and stuff are from um or from Nashville. Yeah, so yeah. there's always a Pred sticker on all their stuff, and yep. it's funny to hear. It's 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 a different uh, thing down there. I've been to a couple of Preds games just because, like I said, Anthony and Jack live down there. It's not a traditional hockey market, and I know you know the NHL has more of those now than ever. But in Nashville, the community and like the community they've built around it and made it their own thing is like it's working you know same thing in vegas like they didn't worry about uh following like a traditional like or original six kind of like here's how we're going to carry our team blah 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 they kind of made it work in their own way um which is something like why hasn't uh florida worked why hasn't arizona worked and it might be because they haven't found like their local niche ever oh absolutely like Nashville is just all about country music and like you walk into that arena and it is a act like an absolute like microcosm of Nashville and they they outdraw like the football team there you know like it, it's just a bigger it, it's such a big thing there and it's because they made it a Nashville thing and not necessarily like a traditional hockey thing Right. So you brought up how you don't shut up about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And you try it when you get obsessed with something, you get obsessed with something. So my 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 nerd niche, I guess you would call it, is team branding. Yeah. Um, and so I try to follow what everyone's doing from marketing schemes to and that's exactly what you're talking about is, is mm-hmm. why do, why does something work? Yeah. And, and it's definitely exactly what you said is when you find that target of um you know, where the fan, it's almost like what we were talking about with, you know, how working where you're from into your music, working where you're from into your fan base is, is what kills, um, Mm -hmm. the best. I, even with Vegas, you're talking about Vegas. They were so hesitant to put the expansion team there and the, and the group that was the ownership group there actually went out and sold 
season tickets, and I'm not sure if people know this, but when they went, the reason they got that team so quickly was because when they sold the season tickets, there was nothing offered to um, casinos and corporate sponsors. Uh-huh. So yeah. when they sold the season tickets, they were they they sold out, and I think it was about an hour and a half. I mean, don't quote me there, but and it was all people that live there because the people yeah, that. Totally. People go to Vegas, but people got to work in the casinos too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need, you need uh, something to go home to. Las Vegas is one of the. I don't know if you would consider it a major city, but it's it's absolutely one of the our Bayside's like best cities to play. Really? Um, you know, outside of like the top five cities, if you were going to say like Chicago, Philly, New York, uh, you know. LA and then the obvious music scenes yeah Las Vegas is like the number one city for us that's not one of those bigger major cities um and it always has been I could remember as far back as like 2007 just drawing crowds like similar that we did in New York so I have like an absolute love fest with Las Vegas I always have uh, so the fact that they got a hockey team is just, uh, it makes me so happy. Um, but I mean, that's the thing about Vegas is, yeah, there's people who live there, you know, like it's <laughs> not too far from here. It's not just a vacation city. And if you go into like Henderson or something like that, like just a little bit off the strip, you might as well be in California. It looks exactly like it to me. Um, so it's, you know, it's a cheaper place to live. Obviously you have, you know, a playground, an adult playground, to ten minutes from you if you live at you know either downtown or in Henderson. So I think I go there fairly often on tour, but even just to hang out, I go there. Um, and you see that the non-strip life is growing. Like the community in Vegas is growing, um, and it's only going to help having a hockey team there. And then I believe the Raiders start playing there in a couple of years too. Yeah, I know they're building the arena now. Oh yeah, so, they're in a big. They're in a big product. I think they're talking about moving them because Oakland doesn't want them anymore. Yeah, because they said they're out. So they're thinking about playing in Mexico City. <laughs> wow, they got big, that's crazy. They got big problems. Yeah, but once they get to Vegas, I mean that just that talk about a team that adopts where it's going to play. I mean that. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders in Vegas is just, you know, hammer meat nail. I mean, that's yeah. just perfect, you know, square on the head. Yeah. Um, so you talked about getting off of the strip um, when you were there. So mm-hmm. on tour and stuff like that, or just even in New York, do you get to go, do you get to go to to games? I guess while you're on tour, do you get to go to games yeah. while you're on tour? Have you ever done that? Or I've I've always been jealous of other bands touring when they get to go to games on their days off because I feel like. Bayside has had the worst luck like I I can't remember I think I went to see in Philadelphia the Flyers play the Blues once when we were on tour yeah I mean it's it's a weird thing to say because now I live I live two miles from where the Ducks play me and my girlfriend have super cheap season tickets to the Ducks like I back then when we went to um, Wells Fargo Arena I was like seeing this much of only the color orange is actually like sickening, like not in a flyer <laughs> sense, just visually. I'm like, there's too much orange. It's fucking gross. So now I live in Anaheim and go to games all the time and it doesn't bother me as much for whatever reason. But I remember being at that game being like, this is just gross to be in here. It looks stupid. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things on tour. Like it just never lined up 
I'd be like in a hockey city and the team would be playing, but out of town or they would have off something like that. So it just really hasn't lined up too often in, in, in my time, which is, I've always been jealous of other bands. I got to do it. Yeah. So, and you know, like I saw, like I said, my last Bayside show was in, was in the city of PlayStation theater. Like, mm-hmm. um, this is always a question I've always wanted to ask somebody who's, you know, I, I, you guys play, I'm sure you guys have played multiple times in Manhattan. Like, What's that like? I know that's such an open-ended question, but yeah. I just I go to those shows and I, I sit there and I just think to myself like, yeah, you know, like I took like it, you gotta you just gotta feel on top of the world. I mean, even though you know you're not playing MSG, you're not, you know, but but other than that, I mean, Irving Plaza and you know PlayStation Theater and and, and just you know being a part of that energy and that vibe and and you know being you know a block or two blocks from your you know favorite team. I even even uh, on yeah, I think it was your show. I, there was a um, there was a Ranger game going on that that day, I think, mm-hmm. and just like going to the bar before the before the show and seeing everybody pre gaming and getting ready, like no, just being a part of that energy. What's that like? I mean, it ha- it has to be almost intoxicating. Yeah, it's it's very rad. I mean, I absolutely like PlayStation Theater is the right size for us, but it's not my favorite place to play. Like I definitely prefer Irving Plaza, but it's a little small for us these days. Um, Unfortunately, haven't gotten to play like Webster Hall or anything. I've been to plenty of shows when Webster Hall was open. Um, Never got to play Roseland, but we wind up sticking to PlayStation Theater, which, you know, for anyone listening, it's literally right in the middle of Times Square. So, yes, that's amazing in a lot of ways, but it's also like a total pain in the ass in in other (laughs) respects. I always feel bad because I feel bad for anyone who buys tickets to see our shows there because I would never ask anyone, a friend or anything to come meet me in Times Square, you know, like as a New Yorker (laughs) or Long Islander you stay away from that place unless you have like family in town and you want to show them Times Square. But to be the reason why people have to congregate, like 2,500 people have to congregate in Times Square, I'm like, I always feel bad. Um, It just so (laughs) happens to be like the right size for us. And then in like a, in a weird sense, like being on tour, our tour bus is our home every day. It's where we live. It's where all our stuff is. But you can't just keep a tour bus in the middle of Times Square. So it's kind of one of those days where you pack a bag and then the bus leaves and you don't see it again until 2 or 3 a.m. So you're kind of like, you know, low-key, like sort of homeless for the day. Like you're just in the middle of Times Square. Yeah, we have a dressing room, but I don't want to be like two or three floors down hanging out in new york you know i want to be outside and it's Times square i also don't have a bus to hang out on so wow wow i know it sounds (laughs) like i'm complaining but it's kind of like a slightly awkward day and i like i said i kind of always feel bad being the reason that people have to like take the subway or or whatever and wind up in Times square when just as easily we could be playing like a much cooler area or like we haven't played new york enough to be able to play like uh brooklyn steel or anything like that i'd much rather be the reason someone gets to like go hang out in brooklyn or somewhere a little bit more pedestrian um but that's just my opinion so where in long island are you from uh deer park oh what what? (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah so it explains a lot so being i'm from new i park which Uh um for those of you who are unfamiliar with the area is 
um, the backyard of Queens. So I, you know, I could throw a stone right over the uh, my backyard and be in Queens. So a lot. I noticed like growing up, a lot of our friends when you when you started to you know get out, socialize a little more, get out of your town a little bit, we would always go into the city. Then uh, as you started moving out a little bit more east on the island, people tended not to go into the city too much. Yeah. So I automatically knew when you started saying like oh, I would never want to congregate in Times Square. I'm like, oh, this is this is an East End boy. He's a little, he's a little rich. Yeah. He's a little rich for my <laughs> It's uh, it's weird being you know like I would hang out you know in my last couple of years in in uh, on Long Island like uh, I would hang out more so in Huntington just it was a little bit more of a, a better hang unless I was hanging out in Brooklyn or whatever. Um, so you mean you don't go to you need a rest? <laughs> I always. <laughs> I always growing up saw that and was just like, what on earth is that place? And one day I'm going to go in there. And even, uh, even whenever I started drinking, I just was like, I'm not going in there for a beer. Like, dude, I just like, want to say this real quick. Yeah. So I have been in there and, <laughs> yeah. and so has the Stanley cup. Wow. What? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, dude. So like the deer park train station used to be right across the street, right there mm-hmm. before they moved it. And apparently, like, that was, like, a hopping bar back in the day. <laughs> and apparently, like, Clark Gillies and all the guys would hang out there, and they brought the Stanley Cup there. And there's pictures in the bar, and I'm like, this is the biggest dump I've ever been in. But yeah. I'm the cool. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Funny. Killing our sponsors right now, Michael. <laughs> We're now going to be sponsored by You Need a Rent. <laughs> Imagine. Big time. Oh, Big for the brand. So Big for the brand. So talking yeah, about actually, I, yeah. uh, I used to live in Franklin Square. You said uh, New Hyde Park. I was uh, Franklin Square was one of the. It's actually the only other place on Long Island that I've ever lived was was out there. Oh, so you're all right. You're right. Yeah. You're right by me. Yep. All right. Did you cool. uh, play good. hockey in John Jay? Uh, I only. I never had any sort of ice hockey anything until I moved out here, which is kind of backwards, I know. But I, I played roller hockey growing up. But uh, that was that was about it. Roller uh, hockey was I, huge in Deer Park. It's kind of uh, yeah, weird. Yeah, for sure. Um, it really was a thing, for sure. Uh, but it, I ne- it never trend. It's kind of weird because I feel like if I didn't start playing music, I would have started to transition into ice hockey. Uh, so music kind of derailed that. But I actually didn't step on the ice in like full hockey gear until August of this past year. I was kind of accumulating uh, equipment over the last like year or so, and then. My uh, my girlfriend's from Winnipeg, which is, uh, you know, a lot of the reason why we get along so well is because we just talk about hockey all the time and play each other. We have we both have two different fantasy hockey teams uh, that we we are in both of the leagues together. So we uh, we have a whole rivalry going there. But she knew that I was like getting kind of close and just needed some, you know, a couple of things uh, hockey equipment wise. So she got me for my birthday in August the, the rest of the gear I needed um thanks to we're really good friends with uh the owners of violent gentlemen so uh our friend hammer helped her pick you know pick up some stuff and you know three days later i was on the ice and 
I don't know if you guys play, but hockey's a lot harder to play than you think. <laughs> yeah, like okay. a thirty-second so, shift. That's what. So I yeah. Two do. things. Yeah. Two things. One, you got to the part of the interview that I was begging to get to, which is to talk about violent gentlemen, uh, and oh, you yeah. decided to time it with the exact moment in which we just n- netted our second goal on a fi- on the, on a five-on-three. Oh, there you go. It's a tie so, now. There you go. That's uh, yeah. They they picked. They hit. They scored one right as the five-on-three was just about to end. So then we had the second one going. And we scored again. So it's 3 2. Awesome. Well, my Rangers lost 4 to 1. And being that uh, they're in a rebuild, it's kind of a weird season because I think I cheer whenever anybody scores, whether it's the Rangers or the opponent, because I want the Rangers to lose. I want that high draft pick. But at the same time, I love when Mika Zavinajet scores. So it's kind of <laughs> like I, no matter what happens in the game, I'm. I'm usually cheering for the goal and i prefer when they lose these days i think that they're not playing bad enough honestly (laughs) (laughs) i legit almost contemplated turning off my mic because it took everything in me to not scream about what just (laughs) happened right in front of us but i promise you i'm paying attention because i heard my pop word so violent gentlemen yep um violent gentlemen to me is easily one of my favorite my most favorite brands. Uh, mm-hmm. For those who are unfamiliar, um, it's this podcast only. It's successful. Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of <laughs> hockey, hockey, huge hockey fans from the West Coast that are also uh, band managers and just heavy into the scene of music. Um, mm-hmm. And they just put out just some of the best stuff, man. I mean, yeah. it's 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 awesome what they put out. And I guess you kind of answered my question for me: is how how did you get hooked up with them and um, What's that like? Is that an ongoing relationship or um, how's that go? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a progressing relationship in so many different ways. It's it's really it's funny how the universe works and, and puts you in a direction. But uh, however many years ago, you know, it, it was probably like six, seven years ago at this point, I just started to see it pop up and I knew that they worked with bands and obviously I loved hockey. So I, I'm pretty sure I just reached out and they sent me a couple of things and you know, over the years, we just did a couple of projects together. You mentioned that Bayside Rangers shirt. That was a Violent Gentleman, like the first collaboration we did. Um, they've actually made uh, super rare. They only did like one kind of case of them. I'd say it was like limited to 20 or 30 pieces of an actual Bayside Rangers jersey. Um, that's a really cool, cool piece if whoever's been lucky enough to get their hands on one. We never sold them. It kind of was like either a giveaway or... Had to we know like, somebody. Yeah, we kind of kept them for ourselves. Yeah, I got a couple <laughs> um, pieces like that. Trust yeah. me. So we've kind of always just had a working relationship uh, between Bayside and Violent Gentlemen. Um, and where it all kind of like turned into this totally cool yet bizarre like uh coincidences when i moved to california and started dating my girlfriend her best friend was mike hammer who's one of the owners of final gentleman so i'm like right. oh yeah i know him you know like, kind of just like via email i've met him a couple times he's come to some shows whatever she's like that's my best friend we hang out all the time blah 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 so the more you know serious me and my lady got we just started to hang more and more with him uh, we go on double dates all the time with him and uh, Hammer and his lady Carlin. Carlin is a daughter of Frank Bath, who used to uh, play hockey for the Flyers, and she currently works for technically Fox Sports, but she's like the in arena 
interview person for the Canes. So that's a whole, you know, hockey wing of our, you know, friendship over there. Um, we do a lot of stuff just watching games. They have season tickets also, blah, blah, blah. We hang out all the time. It's truly like just uh, an actual friendship that it turned into over the years as opposed to just being like a working thing. Um, but to take it even one step further, one of the reasons I moved out to California is uh, me and the drummer of my band, Chris, started a coffee roasting company. And we actually rent space from Violent Gentlemen to tell, house Tell me our right roaster. now that you're the owner yeah. of, of what I think you are. Yeah, it's... Well, we have a roasting company called Legal Speed. Correct. Um, yeah. oh, come on. So we we rent space from Violent Gentlemen. So we're basically at the Violent Gentlemen warehouse, you know, four or five times a week. Me and Chris roast coffee. That's just kind of a little like we're, we're kind of like two years, two and a half years into starting that company. And uh, and that's going well. So the, the Bayside, Violent Gentlemen, and then My Life kind of all intertwine in like three different ways and and i'll tell you this about that brand and the people work there they're they're super like charitable in many sense they're great dudes uh it's all over the honda center when you're in when you're at a ducks game i would say like a third a minimum a third of the arena is wearing some some kind of violent gentleman gear it's like that much like in in like in the scene here which is awesome um but yeah that brand they're they're growing and rightfully so i think that they're, what they're doing is great and you know they have uh it just in their own little warehouse they have a jujitsu uh club that they run then they yeah. have us roasting right there so it's it's just a thing that like i think the the coolest part is like when you first found out about violent gentlemen and then you saw who is wearing it or who was involved with it it kind of offered like this sense of community that were that was around hockey and around music and blah 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 and they've only continued to grow the community which i think like the community of violent gentlemen which i think is like the ultimate branding it's, it's oh yeah everything else is not that it's secondary but like you want to wear the stuff because of what Violent Gentleman is, you know, not necessarily because of the shirt, although it defines cool. you. It's yeah, it's it's a community, it's a club, it's whatever, you know, like that's the best part about it. And like, you know, you're a business owner, I'm a small business owner. Like, you kind of get this sense of like, what's it going to take for like my stuff to do something? And it's never what you think it is. It's always like you build other things around your product, and those are the things that actually wind up selling your product you know you could you know we could post the same picture of a coffee bag every day it's not going to sell as much as us working with we did a coffee with the bouncing souls we did a coffee with quicksand like just building everything around it is is kind of the the cool thing that i think violent gentleman does so well absolutely and so we here at bar down breakdown pride ourselves on professionalism um, long time podcasters. We've been in the game for what a month now, Michael. <laughs> Five so, episodes. <laughs> so, so me cutting you off after you said that you you have space in there was was that was actually you could hear the two synapses left in my brain <laughs> connecting, <laughs> and I was almost fell off my chair because that now makes a lot of sense. So that's awesome. Um, I'm 
pretty familiar with your brand. Right. I don't drink coffee, but uh, <laughs> like you were just no offense, but you know, I've never really been a fan of coffee, but just, yeah. just like, you know, being somebody in the merch game, you know, in the, in the hockey culture and stuff and, you know, kind of following them, learning from them and they have the, their own podcast. I just, you know, Yep. What they do, and I hate to be talking about somebody else with you on, but because you're close with them, what they do and what you do, you you know, we we all kind of share that you know sense of artistic vision and 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 creativity and and, and stuff that we are good at making. And so it's great yeah. to have people out there to to just kind of look at and be like, they're doing it, you know, they're mm-hmm. doing it successfully, and and I'm. You know, I can do it. You know, I get what they're doing. If I can yeah. understand what they're doing and how they're doing it, I can do it in my own way and, and be confident that I'll be successful. So hearing, yeah. you know, hearing all of us, you know, kind of do something together and, and get it is is awesome. It's so cool. Yeah, the kind, the kind of the way that I, I, I agree, first thing, but like the kind of the way I think about like, I definitely run like me and Chris definitely run the coffee roasting company like a band. We don't have a business degree, you know, like we, we run it like we, everything we've learned about business, we've learned from being in the band. So we kind of run our coffee roasting company like a band, but I kind of think of it as like a triangle of like hard work, some luck, and then the actual product can't be shit. You know, sometimes you could, sometimes you could get two of those three and it works, but it can only work it's, for so long. You can't. Yeah, it. exactly. So, yeah. especially kinda, products that you put your heart and soul into. Yeah. Yeah. That triangle. Yes. Right. Yeah. I co-signed <laughs> that one, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and, and the whole, the whole basis of, you know, this podcast and, and everything was, you know, Mike, Mikey and I for, you know, because you may not know Mikey and I had met, um, through, through Twitter, you know, Mike had said that, uh, you know, he had, he was running his thing and he was having games down there and that, and, and he wanted me to help out and make t-shirts for him. And so, you know, that's how, um, we met. And then we started mm-hmm. talking about this podcast and drew kind of the same parallels that, that you drew and of how to run stuff and stuff like that. And, and saw the parallel between the music that we listen to and the sport that we all love to watch. So it's great, um, to pull everything full circle and, and, mm-hmm. and, and and get to meet guys like you that that agree with us and are kind of doing the same thing. So um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of you know it is work. It's heart and soul. And then I, I can't express enough. Like you can't just I don't want to ever lead anyone wrong and just be like, oh, it's going to take us hard work because at the end of the day, someone has to like what you do. You know, so that's where like the luck comes into it a little bit too. Is it does have to resonate with people and and no amount of hard work will make like that part of the plan work i guess is my point so you do need some luck along the way absolutely so uh we're nearing the second period here if i have to shut my mouth during another goal one more time my tongue's (laughs) gonna get cut off and i'm gonna bleed out and there's no one here to save me so (laughs) uh nick it was awesome thank you again so much for having us on um we love for you to be a reoccurring guest at some point yeah. if you were ever interested and um you know that was that was awesome and, and i hope you had fun and and yeah man and, I, yeah like i said i'm I, I could talk about the things i love forever so i can absolutely. talk about any team any player fantasy hockey whatever it is i'm down absolutely all right Dude, man thank you so much we really appreciate yeah, of course, it guys. thanks for having me thank you
All right. Have a good night. All right. You too, guys. Later. You could never really win Not to say you're born to lose You were born to take 10th place Out of 20 in a field Mistakes flow through your veins A mediocre waste Your life's a living hell You got gremlins in your front cells And monsters in your bed I hope you like that conversation of Devin and Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I didn't. I I couldn't even chime in. It was just like instant chemistry. It was like beautiful. Yeah. And I, at least I got my two cents in about you need a rest because uh, I I do joke about how it's such a dump, but I've gotten pretty browned out there many of nights. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a hole in the wall. But hey, every every town's got one. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It's dominate. I dominated the whole thing, and then, uh, and then you come in like, "Oh, where are you from? Deer Park." <laughs> oh, all right, Michael. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my hometown. It's a dump, but it's it my ha- dump. It ha- yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah. So I mean, had a lot to say there. He is super interesting guy. Um, just. He's killing it. He's got so many, like, not even just Bayside. He's got so many projects going on, you know, his collaborations with Violent Gentlemen, his Legal Speed Coffee that he's killing it with. I know you don't like coffee, but I'm I'm ready to inject that into my bloodstream, so I'm going to have to place an order for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm a big nerd for branding, though, so I, fo- I still follow them. Like I said, I once he said he was the owner of a coffee place that takes up shop with Violent Gentlemen, I just laughed to myself because I'm like, oh. I know exactly who this guy owns, and that's amazing. But, uh, yeah, I just – I don't know. Uh, a lot of what he was saying and his answers and stuff just resonated with me. Um, I think it just I, – I didn't even think about, like, Lundquist as a possible, like, move with this trade deadline. Like, for some reason, I just figured he would always just retire – a ranger and like he he probably won't be moved because like Nick said he does still have a few years left on a pretty expensive contract but you know imagine if that happens yeah i just know a lot of ranger fans and i mean i'm not i guess i would liken it to Eli Manning for the giants where it it's sort of like who are you talking about oh uh, yeah you don't watch football yeah this is <laughs> I'll go to Carolina Panthers. Say it, because you know what my answer is. is. Say it. Go ahead. This is a what? This is a hockey. Not a hockey podcast. Hockey music podcast. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's just sort of kind of that figure that he was so close. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I would never ever want to get under the skin of, of a Ranger fan. It's just not what we do. We need to stay professional. But, you know, so you look at him and you just think, like, do you just like seeing him be? between the pipes because he almost won you a Stanley Cup and you can't seem to let go? Or, you know, do you actually believe that he can get you somewhere? And, and um, you know, in, in my eyes, it's a, it's a lot of bit of, you know, Hank could carry them from point A to point Z. And, and 
And now it's kind of like if you can get Hank to point X, he'll carry you to Z. Um, I still think he has a playoff run left in him. I'm just not sure regular season-wise how much longer he can stand. I mean, a lot of those guys from the Rangers, if you really look at um, where they've gone since those cup runs, um, those finals and, and you know, President's Trophies and stuff, they all have the most amount of games played actively in the NHL. I, I mean, all those series that they were involved in and just there's so much wear and tear on, on, on some of those guys. A lot of them are down in, uh, in Tampa Bay. I mean, half that roster is just, you oh, know, yeah. older like veteran Tampa Bay Rangers. Yeah. Old veteran Rangers, you know, I mean, you do what you gotta do, but it's just, you know, looking at Hank, like he's played, he's played seasons more than some guys that got into the league in the same year as him. It's amazing. So, you know, but it, you know, it's weird. Like when we were having these conversations about like some of the trade targets that, you know, could be moved from the Rangers. I was trying to think of like a single Ranger player right now that I actually hate and despise. And it's like really weird that uh, like McLeod, most of the, most of the, most of the, players that I hate in the NHL right now are on different teams. Like, you know, obviously like Tom Wilson and, you know, the, the pajama boy and like other teams where like, I feel like the rivalry between the Rangers and Islanders, like, isn't what it used to be just because there's not really many players on the Rangers that I despise. Like, well, for you know, it was so easy to hate Sean Avery. It was oh, so easy. Yeah. And like, and all those, like, you know, those years like Jeff Bookaboom and like those guys, it was easy to, to like not like them. But now it's kind of weird. Like, do you, do you think the players on both teams really despise them? Like despise each other? Like they used to. It's, it's certain, you know, being mostly a hockey fan, but I follow all sports very heavily. I, I hate to admit it, but I have to. Um, and just the big-time rivalries in all sports have just gotten so um, circumstantial where free agency nowadays doesn't really lend itself to have many enemies um, within teams. I mean, you don't really get a lot of shit-talking and get really that personal um, everybody's media trained. You're never really going to hear this guy's an asshole. Um, it's all out on the ice. And so what's kind of happened in my eyes with our rivalry with the Rangers is, is that it's such an odd setup, I guess, circumstantially being that, you know, the Rangers were so good for so long and yet you know they would play the Lonely Islanders, and it was our it it was it was our Stanley Cup. It was Stanley our chance Cup. to, you know, to he, beat them at least on the ice. Like if they had to drop the gloves and just make it a bloody mess. But right, I was so, actually so, looking up like the last line brawl, and it's been a while between the two teams. Right. So I mean, for so long those play, you know, all those guys on on our cup teams were there for so long. You don't really get guys, you know, the turnover. Obviously, the turnover on Long Island was just, it was a goddamn spinning door. But you know, now you know now because everything is so circumstantial, you know, it 
those may have been our only wins of the year, <laughs> but they meant something to us. But it kind of didn't matter at the end. And for the and for the Rangers, it was yeah, you know, we, we can't beat the Islanders, but we're going to the Cup final. So do I really care? No. And now it's turned into. The Islanders are really, really good, and the Rangers are in a rebuild. So when the Rangers lose to us, it's like, yeah, good. You should be beating us, idiots. Like, why do you care so much? And the Islanders are just playing the Rangers just as hard as they've played everyone this year. I mean, they obviously split the series um, this year. You know, we swept them last year. You can't beat us, Chance. We're great. I mean, maybe I, – I just – I don't know – it's fan it's fan fed at this point. Well, I, I that that's a perfect segue. I think Nick was real good evidence that not all Ranger fans are jerks. Like uh Nick was just, you know, a hockey fan too. And, you know, yeah, we root for different teams, but you know, I think there's a little tradition and loyalty that goes into supporting the NHL and supporting hockey. So, you know, just everyone go into things like with an open mind and not all Ranger fans suck. And Nick was proof of that. Yeah. Listen, you, we share, there's a, there's a bit of a common space with fan bases and, you know, like I told it's, it's, it's been spoken about in sports media before, but it's this anomaly in New York where there's always two teams for every professional sport. And so you, you care about that rivalry so much more. And a lot of other you know, states with, with teams can't really understand why Met fans ha hate Yankee fans and vice versa, why the Islanders and the Rangers are such a big fight every single time, or why Jets fans hate Giants. They don't, they never play them. And it's because we're the ones that live with it. You know, I mean, you may, you know, the Bruins play the Habs, you know, four, four times a year, right? But after that, it's kind of like, okay, you know, you, you move on, you get hyped up for that game, that's it. You don't run into many Montreal fans in, in Boston. You don't run into many Boston fans in Montreal. You are running into a Ranger fan every single day. You get Dude, even down fun. here, like our freaking bartender at the bar that we have our meetups at is a Ranger fan. Awesome guy, but... He's a Ranger fan down here in Carolina. We're at the uh, Irish Channel in D.C. Oh. Their bartender's a Ranger fan. So like, even I don't think when he's a Ranger think, fan. That was a troll. Uh, he had a Potvin Sucks shirt on. Yeah, that's a troll. All right. Well, either way, like even when you think you're not going to run into a Ranger fan, you still run into a Ranger fan, and there's they're like always there. <laughs> they're always like. There's yeah. always that oh. one Ranger fan that's going to wear his jersey to the Coliseum, even when the Rangers aren't playing. Like, you can guarantee it every single time. Yeah, well, original six team, you're going to have that fan, that national fan base. And so we're, we'll always be fighting for our spot in in hockey legacy. Um, you know, it's it obviously eats at them that we have we have that dynasty and they have that one and in, in that span of time. But, you know, like I said, it's just the little things. It's, it's living on Long Island and, you know, you go and get, you go and get pizza for lunch. The guy behind the counter is wearing a Ranger hat. Like you can't not say something, you know, especially uh, on Islander Ranger game day. You just, 
it's it's unavoidable to us, you know. It, to the players, they go, they move on to the next game and and whatever. But you just you can't avoid that rivalry where we live. And uh, you know, like you said, Nick was a, an awesome interview because not often do you really get a civil conversation with a Ranger fan as an Islander fan and you have to respect his knowledge and his passion into it I know so many people that could not give a bigger uh, sorry a less of a shit about hockey and then they got their big boy big pants job big girl job in the city and they commute and they're in Penn Station every day hating the Long Island Railroad and suddenly they're huge Ranger fans because they see the logo and that's about all they know you know so it's good to hear somebody that's traveled the world and 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 cares and and can can talk with us and you know I Adam you know it was awesome that he did that and he was a great interview and and well, and was, yeah, he knows his shit. He he's not he wasn't just talking nonsense and trying to bash the Islanders. Like he knows his sport, so you can't question that. And like he's living in a, in California, and he's still following his team, and he's still a diehard. So how can you not respect that? Absolutely, it was a great interview. Uh, kept it civil, and uh, learned a lot from it. Yeah. So right. Devin, that's episode five, man. I can't right. believe that happened. Yeah, insane. I'm going to go edit this and thank God for late night hockey cuz I got something to watch in the background. Sweet. So, yeah. what uh what Bayside song do you want to put in it? Mine would be Devotion and Desire. That's my favorite. All right, that's yours. Oh, I have so, so you put yours and I'll put mine. There's so many iterations of it. I got to put a newbie on there, man. All right, so you do a newbie on the way out. Like, give something, some, you know. I think it would be cool to to lead in with the song that most well, people we have know. Three, we have three now, because now we decided that the end, the end song will uh, will be will be the interview too. So we have into the interview, out of the interview, and then the end of the episode. Okay. So we'll work it out. It'll be a good one. Check them out. Uh, get on that West Wing playlist. We got one more game for you to uh, get in the mood for Vancouver on Saturday with a late night crowd and uh, yeah guys enjoy your Friday have one on me peace be with you and also with you this place is dragging